welcome to AI Driven, a podcast about using AI for business. AI Driven is produced and hosted by Cognistics, an AI company based in Pittsburgh with offices in the US, Latin America, and Asia. Welcome to AI Driven. I'm Patty Maldonado. With all this talk about regulating AI and concerns over the misuse of the technology, Cognistics recently published a blog on its approach to deploying AI safely, effectively, and reliably. In fact, you can download that blog at Cognistics.com. It's written by co-founder Eric Nyberg, and we hope you'll take a look and, and send us your feedback. But today we're going to talk about this issue specifically with Cognistic CEO Sanjay Chopra and data scientist Justin Waltrip. Welcome to you both. Hi, Patty. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. Good to be with you. Always good to be with you and Justin. Yeah, no, good to have you with us uh, this week. So, Justin, I thought you could start us off and kind of lay out what the issue is regarding um regulating AI, why there's such a debate, and what the concerns are. Yeah. So I think part of the reason that we've seen so much debate is because there are just so many different aspects of AI that could potentially disrupt uh, the way that society has functioned for the last however many years. So there are definitely going to be concerns about bias and fairness of these machine learning algorithms especially when they're used in really highly sensitive domains like hiring or like law enforcement and predictive policing. We want to make sure that these algorithms are have the same kind of performance for all kinds of groups of people and that the outputs that they're providing actually fairly represent uh, those populations. There are also concerns about privacy, uh, especially with large companies like OpenAI being the massive tech giants that they are, a lot of times companies don't really have any other options but to send their data to OpenAI and hope that they aren't using it to train new algorithms even if they say that they aren't. And and we've seen situations where that data can be leaked and that's a big concern for a lot of companies. And it's the reason why a lot of companies are actually looking at open source alternatives to these really large uh, ChatGPT models. There's also concerns about automation and job displacement. Pretty much any time a new technology comes into society, we worry about the jobs that it's going to take away. And so that's definitely a big concern with um, AI models, especially right now we see with the, the writer's strike uh, the writers are really concerned that these language models are going to take over a lot of the rules that they have in the industry. And so that's why a, a large reason of why they're striking right now. There's also concerns about algorithmic transparency and explainability. So we want to understand why these models produce the certain types of outputs that they do, why some models might lend themselves towards producing toxic outputs or outputs that wouldn't really be socially acceptable. And a lot of times that's really challenging. And so we, it's, it's difficult to regulate models that you don't really have any insight into how they're actually working. Uh, we call those black box models. And then I think the last thing is concerns about copyright and ownership, like we talked a little bit about in one of the last episodes. But there are concerns about the training data. So 
when a model is trained on some kind of data, you don't want to necessarily just be reproducing that in the outputs because that could be already copyrighted by someone else. And so you don't want to have that um, included in your training data. But then there's also concerns about whether someone can actually own the output of these models as well. So we've seen it held in the courts that if an image or a piece of text is entirely generated by an AI, that can't be copyrighted. But the question is, if I generate an image with AI and then I go in with Photoshop and do a bunch of modifications and only one pixel is left from the AI, but the other 99% of the image is generated by me, who owns that now? Do I own it? I I would certainly own it if I just uh, did it entirely by myself. But we're, we're not really sure exactly where that line should be drawn. And so there are a lot of problems with, old, uh, with AI in general. And it's the reason why we see a lot of debate, because it, it's confusing. Right. And it's happening all so fast. And we know that now Congress is debating how to regulate AI. So, you know, before we even go to what Cognistics does, let's talk a little bit about what... Um, what you think maybe Congress should be doing when discussing regulating AI? You know, what do you think would be the best approach to regulating the technology? Sanjay? So I think what the Congress needs to do is, at a macro level, provide the guardrails and the framework where various entities can, you know, participate participate fairly, ethically, and responsibly. So those are the guardrails that, you know, the industry and uh, consumers, like, you know, the Writers Guild in Hollywood went on strike, and that was kind of related to AI as well. So what is that broad framework? And that's what the, the legislatures should be thinking about is providing that framework and certain key aspects of that framework which i think are very important is intellectual property ownership of intellectual property you know obviously related to universities and coming from universities or coming from uh, technology companies ip is very important it was also very important to creative people so how is that protected going forward How do you ensure if and when your data is being utilized, one, you know about it. Second, if it makes sense, you're compensated for, for, you know, what you brought to the table as well. So those those things are very important. And then obviously, you know, providing the guardrails. So there are certain use cases from a defense perspective, destruction perspective that should absolutely not be there. You know, we should make sure that AI is used for peaceful purposes. It is used to make human beings more effective in their jobs. So that, I think, is the broad framework. Right. And it's not like they haven't dealt with um, new technology before. I mean, Congress every so often has to go in and take a look at what the issues are relating to, you know, society and working with people within the industry. So far from what you've seen, um, how are they doing? Justin, you want to follow up? (laughs) Yeah, sure. So I think 
so far, because this technology is new and it's moved so fast, I don't think we've seen a ton of effective regulation. I think, especially in the European Union, there are definitely Mm -hmm. some AI bills that are starting to get discussed, and I think that's a, a really good step in the right direction. But the important thing whenever there's a new technology, especially one that's as complicated as AI, it's really important that lawmakers listen to experts and they don't just try to use their own potentially misguided interpretation of the technology to actually uh, generate these regulations. And I think when that happens, we tend to see these blanket regulations that might just try to prevent a lot of people from developing AI. And I think that's not the direction that we should go in, especially now that a lot of these models are open source. We've kind of opened the can of worms. There's no going back and banning all of this AI now just because it's it's on everyone's computers. They can kind of use it as they want to. So I think it's important that lawmakers listen to the experts and understand that we shouldn't just create blanket regulations, but we actually have to consider all of the different complexities and intricacies that come with this technology and make those regulations accordingly. Okay. So that being said, you know, what does and what does cognistics do to ensure the safe and reliable and effective deployment of AI amongst its customers? Um, you know, how should even before taking that on, I, I, I guess I should ask Sanjay, how should companies like Cognistics um, approach the deployment of AI given these, you know, these concerns that people have and society has in general? That's a great question, Patty. And I think what companies need to think about is being very open with their clients. What information they're sharing with us how will that information be processed internally, let's say by a company like Cognistics, by its AI models? What, if any, information would be shared with OpenAI and how will we send that information? So there should be like a you know information flow, system architecture diagram, so that everybody is on the same page as to what is being shared, what is not being shared. Sort of, you know, you have to approach this very ethically, very responsibly. And I think the framework we have built uh, at Cognistics for such deployments under the square kind of gets the best of both worlds. One, we are domain specific. We also feel, you know, even though large language models are awesome in basically generating paragraphs and content, but if you have domain specific models, that understand the nuance of a specific domain, your answers are going to be better. Second, what we're also doing at Cognistics is we are working with your corpus of documents. So the input is sort of selected from that perspective. We are taking the input that you want us to use to provide the answers and provide the answers effectively back to to the users for that particular domain. Third thing, we, what we're also doing is we have a, a way to turn on and turn off Gen AI. We can either sort of send information to OpenAI if the company is fine, and we only send certain snippets of information to them. 
so that OpenAI can process it, consolidate it, give a good answer back, and report it back to the users. So we feel this is sort of a good framework where you know what you're getting, you're getting the best possible responses for your given domain. It uses both extractive and generative AI, and more importantly, sharing all the details and being open about it. Right, and what kind of questions, I know that um, you must get uh, an enormous amount of questions from clients about um, the technology, not only the technology, but the safety. What do they really want to know? What is, you know, at the top of their minds? The top of their mind is what will happen to the data I share with you? So we are giving you our internal documents or our videos, our content, what happens to that content? Who sees that content? And they're actually, that's why we have come up with a framework where we can obviously keep it in a secure area on, you know, the right, let's say AWS or any cloud for that matter, um, and, and process the information there. But they can also keep it on their instance of cloud and we can take our models to their in instance and process the information there. Then we also very clearly depict what information is being shared with OpenAI, like Justin was talking about. Um, you know, we don't want to be sort of sharing the entire corpus, all the details there, uh, because I think they don't want that. We don't want that. It doesn't make sense from that perspective. So I think that's what clients are looking for safety and security on how their information will be protected, yet their users will get the best answers possible. Right. So what's interesting is that, you know, a lot of companies want to uh, use AI. They want to apply it. They may not know what to do. There are a lot of products out there. Um, you know, we talked about copyright. Getty Images recently released what they call a safe image, AI image generator, which I think is interesting. So there's a lot out there. What what questions should companies be asking themselves um, internally before they adopt an uh, AI, before they either buy an AI product or, you know, hire a company to create something for them? What are some of the things that they should consider um, before doing that? Yeah. So one, I think you don't want to apply AI just for the sake of applying AI, right? You need to think about it from a use case perspective, from a business value perspective, from an ROI perspective, um, sort of, you know, first understand the technology, what is capable from a technology perspective. Mm -hmm. Once you've done that, work with the the right sort of, you know, um, people who understand this technology well to see how AI or large language models can be applied to those problems, to solve those problems. Then this define the framework in terms of information security, access control, role-based access <clears throat> to basically uh, build the framework that, that'll work for that company and deliver value, and that's kind of, you know, and then tune the models, fix the models, test the models, deploy, test, read as needed, continue to enhance. That's the broad framework that a company should be looking at uh, when they deploy 
uh, such technology. So, you know, I know Cognistics has been working in this field uh, longer than most companies. Like, how, when did you first uh, create the company, Sanjay? Uh, 2015. <clears throat> but more importantly, Patty, uh, both Eric and I have been working in AI since the mid-1990s. So, and obviously, Eric, with his research at Carnegie Mellon, has been doing this for a really, really long time as well. So we have lots of experience with natural language processing and uh, large language models. Yes. And with that in mind, you know, there are, are many new companies out there, um, you know, peddling AI and, and peddling different products. Um, what should businesses be asking them? What should they know about these companies before going into business with them, before buying and um, hiring them for, for different uh, projects? What kind of questions should they be asking? So I think one, obviously, is the technical competence. Two is to make sure um, they have built something effective that will be useful for that business. Three, making sure they have an information security and data sharing architecture and framework in place so they they know what information is being sent where, be having control of that, and then being able to measure the success or the key metrics when they deploy such technology so that you know you can deliver the business value or the ROI that you promised. So, Justin, from your perspective as, you know, um, a data scientist, what do you recommend that companies ask of, you know, the, the firms that are, are building these models and, and products? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's important to understand the maturity of an AI product, especially for a new company. Because these days, it's really easy to spend maybe a weekend and come up with this really cool new demo that, that showcases some kind of new AI technology. And a lot of times, they look really impressive. The couple outputs that they have on their demo look great. And it seems like this technology is just going to fix all of your problems. But it is an entirely different story to actually take that technology and put it into a production level system that has insight into the actual performance across a really wide set of, of real world examples and also is consistent and fair in the types of output that it produces. So there's a really big gap between someone who just throws something together and having a team that has the experience and the technical expertise to actually put together a mature product that can function reliably when the business actually needs to get down and dirty and use this technology to actually generate um, return on their investment. Right. I mean, I think the vetting process is really important. Yeah. And also, I think just adding, Patty, a little bit to what Justin said is, the ability to scale and scale effectively. Sort of if you are a larger organization and you have hundreds of users or thousands of users that will be using this technology, it is very different 
than a fancy demo like Justin was talking about. Mm-hmm. How will that work? How will all of them see value? Because unless that happens, it's going to fail within your organization. Exactly. Well, this has been a really fascinating conversation, and I know it's a topic that we'll talk about again. I mean, as Justin mentioned earlier, um, our previous episode really dealt with copyright, and that's something that's come up again and again. This week, um, there were more headlines. You mentioned the Hollywood strike. I mean, they actually have come to some agreement, but the AI, the... um, the AI element is a, a huge, a huge part of it. And, you know, understanding where people, you know, what the protections are, are going to become more and more important as the technology gets stronger and more uh, prevalent in our society. So I know we're going to continue talking about this. So I want to thank you both for joining us today and encourage our listeners to go to Cognistics.com and download our blog by Eric Nyberg, our co-founder, on how Cognistics approaches the safe and reliable deployment of AI and just to learn more about what we do. So thank you all for joining us. And if you have any information you'd like to share or if you'd like to reach out to Sanjay or Justin, just email us at info at cognistics.com. Until next time, and remember to stay AI-driven in the right direction. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. Learn more about how AI drives what we do at cognistics.com.